Hello and welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dykstra. Well, we are wrapping up an incredible week where we've been in the book of Acts looking at the life of Saul and Stephen. And we've been encouraged and we've found strength in knowing that regardless of where we've been at in life, like the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, in persecuting Christians, that God can work in miraculous ways in one divine encounter with the living, true God sets our life on a completely different course. And for so many of us, we begin to look at the context of our life and see all the things that have happened. And maybe the enemy has got you convinced that your life really hasn't been all that meaningful or impactful in the lives around you. But as we saw and looked at throughout the course of this week, that everything really in the world has a chain reaction and we're influenced by the lives around us in your life influences more people than you probably realize on a daily basis. Whether you're a parent, just think of your kid or your kids, uh, however many you have. And that to me is one of the greatest honors and privileges that we have to influence the mind, the heart, and the being of young people today. And that's why I take it as one of my greatest priorities and privileges with my three own kids. Are there days where I get overwhelmed and the pressure and stress of just day-to-day life gets to me? Absolutely. I'll be the first to admit that, and I'm sure you can as well. But what I hope this is doing is encouraging you to know that even how uh, in those instances where maybe you miss the mark or you've fallen outside of your true identity and even made choices that have gone against who you really are and who God created you to be, we all fall short. But if we allow that to keep us stuck in our past, we'll never move into the person that uh, we can become because everything's situation, everything in life really leads us to become more fully Uh, who God created us to be and who we can become because of who he is in us. And so it's his voice that we learn to respond to in life. And I just want to encourage you today as we close out this week to just receive with an open heart and an open mind of what the Lord wants to share with you today. I want to begin this episode by just simply encouraging you that our starting point, my starting point, is the model in person of Jesus Christ. He really was the true example of a lot of the things we've looked at in the life of Stephen, uh, Peter last week, and as a New Covenant, New Testament believer, he is the, the source of our life. He is the source of our identity, and we have to be looking to him, and Stephen was a great example of that. Even in his last moments, he was looking up to heaven, always setting his mind and his heart on the person of Jesus. Paul, as we'll look at in the overview of some of his incredible statements, came to a place where he said many times that the one desire of his heart, that everything in his life uh, was basically meaningless uh, apart from knowing Christ. And everything in the New Testament and in the days ahead for us is all really about making us Um, into the image of Christ. And it's God's heart. It's his delight. And for you, uh, I hope that you can find strength in knowing that God's heart is for you. And he wants to allow you to become someone in him uh, that you can never be on your own. 
And so that, that to me encourages me. It gives me strength. And even over the last five years of my life uh, that have been uh, challenging and difficult at times, I look back on it and see where I'm at today. And I'm living in a much different space and place uh, where I'm more healthy. I'm, I'm, I've been made whole. Uh, parts of me have been healed. Broken parts of me uh, made new and, and really restored through the kindness and the goodness of the Lord. And my prayer in my heart is for that same experience to be yours. So drawing our attention back to Jesus, he really was a model because he didn't just say the things that he heard his father in heaven saying and sharing with them. As you look at the three years of his earthly ministry, and he was uh, a king, a prophet, and a priest that scripture tells us, and he served in these different roles uh, throughout the course of his life. And one of the things that's fascinating to me about the life of Jesus is his ability to demonstrate uh, what he heard and saw his father saying and doing. As he healed people, um, you know, he rose people from the dead. He forgave people of their sins. I mean, the, the, the stories go on and on. And I love even at the end of the book of John, it says that the, uh, all the things that Jesus did uh, couldn't even be held in a book. And that is a fascinating statement to me to know that God just wasn't a person. Jesus wasn't just a person that said things and wanted us to follow them. He actually demonstrated uh, what um, he, he would call us and he called the disciples into doing. Um, first of all, he taught them how to be who they were created to be. And then it was about the doing. And I've always said that, you know, our first priority is about learning to be who God has called us to be. So it's a state of being and then it's learning the doing. We can't have one without the other. James is a great example of his epistle, epistle that he wrote, faith without works. You've got to have both. And in order to do the works that God's called us to do, there's got to be a formation of who we are and to know whose we are. And that comes in the form of identity, which in later weeks, we'll start to unpack some of the neuroscience behind how God has wired us and how we form our identity, which is absolutely fascinating to me. But Jesus called Stephen, he called Peter, the disciples, he calls you and I today to not just be people who repeat the stories of scripture and, and say the words that Jesus said, there's nothing wrong with those things. He actually gave us power through the Holy Spirit to demonstrate these things to the world around us. And even, uh, we'll read this here in a minute, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, when Paul set out to the church at Corinth, he said that I don't come with persuasive words, but I come through demonstrating the power of God and the authority in which I operate in. And so many people in the early church, and as the disciples went on and they said they were sent out in pairs to do the works that Jesus did, and it said they accomplished them through the work and the power and the authority that had been given through Jesus' name and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They were sent. They were to go. Don't just come to scripture and to get information, but we enter into a relationship and are empowered through the Spirit to live it out and bring it into the world around us. I want you to think about this as Saul began his ministry. And as you had this encounter with Jesus, and I'll 
many of the other disciples were very hesitant. They were fearful that, hey, this is the guy that was persecuting us. Are we really safe, you know, around him? Or is he going to turn? Is this thing real? Um, is it a, is it just a con to, to kind of find more Christians and persecute them? I'm sure all these things were running through their head. There's one guy in particular that I've always resonated with as well that gave a lot of credibility to the conversion of the apostle Paul, and that was Barnabas. And if you go back to one of the earliest episodes in that first bonus episode, one of my heart characteristics that I related with was being an encourager, uh, one who, who fills people with hope and brings the word of God that can become a light and to give them hope. And Barnabas has always been one of those people that I've, I've, I've identified with. And I talked a few weeks ago about where we find uh, our identity, looking at people in scripture that resonate with us. Barnabas has always been one for me because it says that Paul was in certain places. It says that Barnabas actually stood up for Paul and gave witness that Paul is the real deal that he, he's done incredible things. And Barnabas really spent a lot of his time just encouraging Paul for the times that he was down and persecuted. Barnabas would come and then fill Paul with hope. And I feel like that's a big part of who God has made me to be. That's one of the reasons I've created this podcast and this YouTube channel and have dreams to create more, to be able to strengthen and encourage you, the body of Christ, and really to bring the good news and the hope of the gospel to a world who doesn't know it and who doesn't see it yet. And so I want you to be encouraged by that today. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul was actually writing to us, and I love these statements, and you can see this through the life of Stephen and all the things that Paul was able to do, and I want to encourage you with it today. He said this, he said, have nothing to do with irre irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. I've always had that as kind of a life verse, and I want to encourage you with that today, is that for so many of us, we train ourselves in all these incredible things, again, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but it, Paul emphasizes this, is that he's come to the point in his life where he said, training in godliness, the forming of godly character within us, taking on the nature of Christ internally and having a heart like Christ did is the process of transformation that gives evidence and witnesses to the world around us. Just as those people around Stephen observed in him, just as when Paul was going to all these places demonstrating the power of God, it pointed back to the person of Jesus in giving glory to him. Like the one analogy I gave of the sun um, and how the moon comes into alignment with the sun and how it draws its sense of glory and light from the sun. That's what a representation of our lives and that we see throughout scripture. That's what he's encouraging us here is that he's saying that godliness doesn't only impact our lives today, but it's going to have an impact on eternity.
So let that sink in that your life and the lives that you've touched or the lives that have touched your life um, have significant value. And just like that share story I shared last episode of the two individuals at the one high school and how one person being willing to stand out and step up and share their testimony of how Christ has impacted them really made a world of difference. And in the years to come, that FCA huddle began to grow and the influence began um, to increase. And, and it just takes one person in right relationship with God is always in the majority with God. So take that as an encouragement today. Because he said, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. Set our eyes on the hope that you give. Teach us how to renew our mind daily. May we experience the refreshing that happens as only you can do through being renewed in our spirit and strengthened according to your might, your power, and your authority. Tomorrow, I'm actually going to release a bonus episode. And I, if you have a chance tonight to read some of these scriptures, I, I, what I'm going to do is simply this, is I've really learned and loved how to pray scripture and to take what I see in scripture and pray it kind of from a spiritual warfare standpoint, because I find that when we pray scripture and use his word and his promises in it, there's something that begins to shift in the environment and atmosphere, and it can really change the course and direction either of a life or of our circumstances or an outcome of something. Because how many times in the gospels does it say, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened, listen and you will hear from heaven. It's just a matter of positioning ourselves. And so what I want to do tomorrow in the bonus episode is really just read some of Paul, the summary of the different statements that Paul made in all of his letters, because there is some profound wisdom that I just want to pray over you and release God's heart over your life. And as you listen to those scriptures, and as you hear me pray them over you, I believe that the Lord is going to activate something in you that's going to release his love and his wisdom. I can't tell you how many times in my life where someone has been praying scripture over me and it just opened me up to something. It was, maybe it was something that I heard. Maybe it was something that I was supposed to do or respond to or just to encourage and give me hope. But praying the word is a powerful thing. And I want to give you these scriptures because I always find that it's helpful that if you set your heart on them and meditate on them, and then as you hear me get on tomorrow and begin to pray and read them over you, you've already been processing them. And the more that you're, they're in your heart, the easier it is to begin to hear what the Lord wants to speak and, and give you in terms of what those scriptures actually say. Much like Stephen, we saw on Monday, where it said when, they gave an, when he gave an account, he was able to recount all the words and stories that he had read about from times past. So here are those scriptures. I'd, I'd love for you to have a chance to read them and then uh, engage this bonus episode tomorrow because I believe it'll be an incredible thing for you. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And this is a prayer of Paul, uh, one of my favorite prayers. 
Uh, he also has another prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. And these are two of the most beautiful prayers that I find Paul praying for the people, because I believe that a lot of the impact and influence that he had in people and when he went into cities were from prayers that he wrote like this, that prayed for the inner man of each person that he would encounter and yet to meet or maybe never meet. He would pray that they would be strengthened in the inner man, given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10, revealing the love of God and receiving the love of God and how God lavishes his love and his gifts and his grace upon us. Galatians 2, verses 19 through 21, talking about what happens in our heart when we come to that point where it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ living his life in us and through us. So I'm going to pray that over you. Philippians 1 verses 3, and then 7 through 11, and 13 through 15. These are incredible passages uh, that we're going to just kind of look at. Or sorry, that was Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, and verses 13 through 15. If I could read my own writing, that'd be a good thing sometimes. Um, and then in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, Romans 8, verse 35 and 37 through 39, just talking about the love of God and how we're, we can't be separated by God or from God's love in any place that we're at in life. First Corinthians 13, talking about love and how everything in our lives needs to be coming from a place of love and be founded in a foundation of love. Second Corinthians chapter five, where, God, where Paul talks about being a new creation in Christ and being an ambassador of the king into the world around us. And then we're going to end uh, just in Colossians 3, where he's talking about living as a new creation and how we do that. So if you want to go and read those scriptures, that might just be priming the pump, priming the pump and having your heart be ready. And as you hear these things, they would settle into your heart and that they would put you into a place of deeper connection in deeper relationship with Christ so that you can hear him, be empowered, and be strengthened throughout your day. And here's what I've noticed as well. As you begin to read and meditate on these, I want to give you eight things that reading these scriptures and hearing them prayed over your life should produce in you. Because as you hear his word, and as you hear his voice beginning to speak these things into your heart, Here's the things that I've noticed internally and what I've noticed in other believers as they make these things a practice, a delight, and a discipline for their life. It should produce a sense of hope in you. For so many of us, I think we go throughout our day and it's real easy to sometimes feel hopeless or discouraged. But when you read the word of God and when your eyes are set on the person of Jesus and you feel the Holy Spirit rise up and begin to minister in your heart, you begin to feel a sense of hope, someone that's for you and with you and going to lead you into a wonderful place in your future. Number two is you should feel encouraged. That word encourage comes from finding courage or living from courage. It's often the opposite of what discouragement does in our lives. Discouragement brings us down. 
encouragement is when the Lord begins to speak through his word, speak through the voice of the Holy Spirit in us, and it gives us courage to stand where we're at, to withstand the external pressure that comes against us, to resist the lies of the enemy, and to stand in a place of courage, which courage comes from being loved and not a place of being fearful, which the world throws at us constantly. But it's being a much loved child living from love. We find the courage for today. Number three, it gives us a sense of peace. You should feel a peace rising up on the inside of you. Number five, or no, excuse me, number four, joy. Joy I've often defined as someone that's glad to be with you. The Lord of the universe saying to you that I'm glad that you're with me, that I'm glad you're my child, that you're my sheep. And you can take uh, your sense of comfort and security of knowing <clears throat> that he's glad to be with you. Number five, a sense of wonder and awe. The deeper and deeper I've gotten into his word and the further I've gotten in life and the more mature that I've gotten, uh, the, you cannot plumb the depths of scripture. It is just absolutely amazing to me. And it leaves me in awe and a sense of wonder every time I come to the word of God. And it's created in me a greater hunger to be in the word. And as I get in the word, I sense a sense of, I just feel a sense of life rising up on the inside of me. So when we come to his word, we should have a sense of awe and wonder and just be willing to sit there in awe and wonder with God, because as we're in awe and wonder, God begins to do incredible things inside of us and around us. I believe that's what Stephen was doing, even when they were ready to take his life, as he was just in awe and wonder, and he saw Jesus set before him, and it was worth it. And you look at the chain reaction it had on the lives who saw that, because every time a person was persecuted for Christ, it ended up in a great um, harvest, in a great conversion of those that saw it and said, if they're willing to go through that, then there must be something there worth investigating. Number six, a level of trust. As you begin to read his word and hear his voice and become more familiar with it, the deeper your trust goes, just like a young infant. When they begin to see that they can trust their parents, they're willing to engage, they're willing to take risks, and their trust goes to another level. And that's what happens when we're in the presence of God is you can begin to see him as a safe, loving father and build a level of trust in him. Number seven, it builds up a level of faith to expect great things. I just, I love thinking about this as the disciples no longer had Jesus physically with them, but they were reliant on the Holy Spirit of where to go, what to do, the things that they would face. They were all uh, men and women of faith. Faith is the ability to stand uh, in, in the belief of things that you cannot see with your natural eyes. And faith activates things to happen in the natural realm through the realm of the spirit. And when you tap into faith and you begin to speak out of faith and pray out of faith, faith is what accomplishes the things that we're asking and believing that God will do that only God can do. So I believe faith is going to be activated as we engage these exercises of praying the scriptures. And the last thing I'll speak to is a level of patience. 
that might be a word that's hard for some of us to hear. But as you get to know the Lord, you begin to trust in his timing. And his timing often is different from ours. And there's just a level of patience. As a father, I've had to learn this on many days as well. What it means to really be patient with our kids. Because God is still forming them and shaping them. And there's just things that they can't understand or do or accomplish because their, their brain hasn't grown to a capacity yet to, to be able to function at that level. And so just like many of us, you know, we have to see the gaps in those around us. We got to see our own gaps and be willing to have examples in our lives where those gaps begin to close. And we begin to walk more into the fullness of who God is and mature in ways that uh, we can't do by our own natural ability. And it's being patient. Uh, it's one of the fruits of the spirit is being patient with each other. I want to end this episode with a scene that the Lord brought to my attention a few days ago. And this is one of, from a movie, uh, one of our favorite Christmas classics. I'm sure you've probably seen it, but it's a wonderful life. And as I've kind of come to the conclusion of this week, looking at the life of Stephen and Saul, and again, bringing this back to a point of looking at our own lives and sometimes maybe feeling that our lives are insignificant and really hasn't made that big of an impact because I believe that one of our greatest desires is to make an impact for the kingdom of God and for the cause of Christ. But yet so many times the enemy has our eyes veiled to where we can't see the impact and the influence that we've had. And in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, if you've seen it, there comes a point where I almost laugh every time I see it because I can relate. And I've been in those times in, in the parts of my life, but George Bailey, the main character, who's a father, there's a time where it just seems like everything in his world's falling apart and he comes home and he just loses it on everybody and on everything in the house. And he's about ready to give up and he storms out of the house and he drives to this bridge and he's actually thinking about taking his life. And he has a person, which is an angel at the time, but he doesn't know it yet, come to him as kind of his guardian angel named Clarence. And he begins to tell um, George about his life. And he's trying to find a way that would keep him from taking his own life. And there comes a point where George says, I wish I had never been born and maybe the world would be a better place. And Clarence kind of looks up to heaven and says, hmm, maybe we can do that. And so George is actually given the ability to go back and see his community and, and his children, his wife, uh, as if he was never born. And at first he thinks he's going crazy, but then he starts to see that, you know, the, the woman he married had a very different life. The kids that him and his wife had were in existence because he didn't exist. And he begins to see this unfolding story. Even his community and the place that he lived was completely different and didn't even exist because of the level of influence that he actually had. You see, he was living his life to the point where he wasn't seeing the things that he was had accomplished. He was so discouraged and so hopeless that he wanted to take his own life. And if we're honest, and if we're real, I think a lot of us have lived in that place. And maybe you've known people who have lived with a sense of being hopeless, 
And he finally, in this movie, comes to the point of realizing and being grateful for the life that he has. And then when he's brought back into the reality of his world, he, he's a completely different man. And I love at the end of that movie, you know, he's so grateful for his wife, for seeing her, for the children that he was blessed with. And you see the community comes to rally around because his wife went out and rallied the community of people around. And they had brought their money in order to save George and his family in the business um, from a very horrible thing. And his heart is beginning to be reignited with hope and a purpose. And I love how that movie ends. And I want to encourage you with this today, that your life is so significant. And I value it. Your children value it. The people in your life value it. They may not realize it. You may not ever know the influence and the impact. But I can guarantee you this, that if your eyes are set on the Lord, and you're being faithful and obedient, and you're walking out to the best of your ability and willing to grow more into who Christ has created you to be, life is impacting and influencing others around you. And it's going to go on for generation to generation to generation. That's the beauty of who God is. He comes to us and he gives us himself. And then he walks with us. And if you're at a place of feeling hopeless and discouraged today, pray that he fills you with his strength. I'll reference it again in Isaiah 40, that he gives strength to the weary, that he gives power to those that have no strength or are weak, that he'll make you rise up like on wings of eagles. I serve a God and we serve a God who gives strength and who wants to be strength for his people, especially in the day that we're living. So Father, we set our eyes to you. We be like Stephen. May we be like Paul. We were once a sinner. We were once living in darkness, but now we've been brought into the light. And may your goodness shape us, mold us into the new creation that you've created us to be. May your love fill us and empower us and encourage us. I pray that you would just show each person who's either listening or watching this very real and significant ways that their lives have made a difference. Pray that you would bring other people into their life to remind them who they are. And I pray that you would bring to our mind people who've influenced us, maybe who have set us um, up to, to, to change the course of our life, that have introduced Jesus to us. God, would you bring to mind today and in this hour a sense of value and significance and identity that only comes from you. And may our hearts be lifted up, set on you and encouraged today in our inner being, in our spirit, Lord. May our heart grow and be filled today overflowing with your goodness so that we can be your ambassadors, that we can be the testimony of your love and the expression of your love through demonstrating you and your power and your kindness and goodness and love to the world around us. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.
Guys, I hope you've been blessed this week. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for a bonus episode where I'm going to go and I'm going to just read these scriptures and pray them over you and believe in full faith that God's going to activate things in your heart and in your spirit through these scriptures as we pray them together. And as you learn to pray them and use them as tools in your belt to strengthen you. God bless. God's strength.